When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawks Field at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. And we'll continue to tell the Jordan Travis story. They'll go empty. As Florida State across the 50. Again, a five-man rush. Seam shot. Coleman. Coleman climbs the ladder. A gain of 27. It doesn't get prettier than that. Oh, my Lord. Keon Coleman's going to say, uh-uh, I don't need two hands. I just need one. Get out of here, little boy. Woo, what a highlight catch that was. Wrapping up the show here on a Thursday on Hernat Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me as well. That's me. And joining us on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline is Matt Baker from the Tampa Bay Times. Covers Florida State football down there. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm. A, I this probably comes as a surprise, but I'm a big Florida State nerd here in Omaha, Nebraska. So, uh, really excited to talk to you about one of the better games of the week. Obviously, Penn State, Ohio State gets a lot of the headlines, but uh, kind of sneaky top twenty matchup between Florida State and Duke this week as well. Um, as you kind of look at this Duke team, sometimes it's hard to, <laughs> for me at least, it's hard to acknowledge. Like, yeah, Duke might be the best team left on Florida State's schedule when you've got Miami and Florida out there, but I think Duke is probably the best of that pack. How do you view kind of this back half of Florida State's schedule as they try and put themselves in playoff position? Yeah, it's certainly not crazy to say that Duke is the toughest game left on the schedule, but I think in a lot of ways they are. I mean, we'll, we'll kind of fast forward to Miami and Florida for just a second. You know, obviously Miami's got a ton of talent. Tyler Van Dyke, when he's on, he is very on. Mm-hmm. And he's got some weapons there with Colby and, and, and Restrepo. Um, Florida maybe started to find something the last couple of weeks with the wins over Vandy and, more importantly, the one against South Carolina. Maybe they're starting to turn the corner under Billy Napier. I'm not sure yet, but there's cases to be made with those. But when you look at Duke, what jumps to me is Duke is really good at preventing explosive plays. They're mm-hmm. in the top six or so nationally in terms of that uh, with their defense. And Florida State, what they've been best at under Mike Norvell and you know what Mike did best at Memphis was create explosive plays on offense, big runs, big catches, you know, the, the punt returns and what have you. So that to me is what makes this an especially interesting matchup where it's the good on good, where one of the things Duke does best versus the thing that Florida State does best. Matt, what are the... What are the issues that get brought up or are presented if Riley Leonard returns against FSU? Have preparation plans been more, we know what Duke is without Riley Leonard, or 
hey, we're trying to balance. Is he playing? Is he not playing? Um, like, what are the ins and outs of prepping for a guy like Riley Leonard and his chance at returning? Yeah, it's one of those dances they always have to do. And, you know, most teams have to do it. We don't know if player X is going to be available. So plan, you know, prepare for him, prepare without him, and, and, and go both ways. Riley's an NFL quarterback, though. Let's let's get that out of the way. Um, and you know as well as I do in this game, if you, you know talent discrepancies exist, but if you've got an NFL quarterback, you've got a chance. And certainly that's the way I, I, I view Duke. You know, they're, they're sound defensively. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but if we're going to view Duke as an ACC contender and as a team that's going to have a chance of beating the Knowles and Doak. Having an NFL quarterback is going to help a lot. You know, he's he is mobile, he can run pretty well, and he can obviously throw too. So if he's there, he's a difference maker. And to me, Duke has a chance. If he's not there, then it's going to be a lot, lot harder for, for me to see the, the Blue Devils coming away with an upset here. We're talking with Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, Matt, how – I mean, I know people were really high on Keon Coleman coming into the year, but how – much as he exceeded the expectations even that were reasonably lofty of him him coming in because like I knew he was good I didn't know he was like this yeah I, I didn't know that either I mean and the way he came out first game against LSU with three touchdown catches and then obviously he's Florida State at Clemson with the overtime catch on, on the kind of jump ball um, to, to give FSU his first lead and then the, what he did against Syracuse I mean this is the best way to describe Keon Coleman um, there have been two players in Florida State history that had 100 receiving yards and 100 punt return yards in the same game, Keon Coleman and Peter Warwick. And when that's your company at, at Florida State University, mm-hmm. you're doing something right. And, you know, he was fantastic the other night. Uh, certainly when you factor in the fact that, they, that the Knowles didn't have Johnny Wilson, who's another NFL caliber receiver. So it's not like the defense could just, you know, had to split around. No, they, they were focused on trying to stop Keon, and, and they couldn't because he's a fantastic All-American player to me and, 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 I mean, maybe the best player on this team. And, and certainly to me, as I looked at this team going into the year, I thought they were a playoff team that could, could win the ACC. But after what I've seen so far, I think they're a legitimate national championship team. And if I had to say what changed in my mind since August to make me think that, Keon Coleman's emergence is probably the reason. Well, and a lot of people focus on Jordan Travis and Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson and that passing game, but uh, something that Mike Norvell's teams always do pretty well and they could do well again this year is run the football. Trey Benson and Lawrence Toafili both at over seven yards per carry. How important has that been in opening things up for guys like Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman? Yeah, what jumps out to me about this Florida State team, you know, we, we just were, were gushing over Keon Coleman, and deservedly so, but it, it, to me it's a collection of talent. It's not one or two dudes. It's mm-hmm. a bunch of guys who are very talented who on any given Saturday, you know, this is the defense that, that Florida State's facing, this is the specific schematic wrinkle to attack them. You know, Norvell's really good at kind of scratching where it itches, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, and he's got a bunch of guys capable of that. And you know, with the certain schemes that they might face on any given Saturday, the run game is going to be more important. And, and uh, you know, Trey Benson has been explosive in, in his career. This year he hasn't been quite as impressive as last year, um, aside from the 200 yards against Virginia Tech, which is a pretty big thing to kind of gloss over. <laughs> um, and Toa Feely has certainly been explosive as well with the, the 50-yarder he had the other day against Syracuse. So there are just kind of more of those 
you know, more stars in that constellation where it's kind of an everybody eats offense and you don't know who's going to come up. And that's what makes Florida State so dangerous to me. Florida State had a really good start to the year, Matt, taking down Clemson early. Um, they also found a way to get it done against LSU, and now it's and now it's Duke's turn, right? You have those ranked teams that we're talking about. Florida's kind of fallen off a little bit. Miami, a little bit of the same. But my question to you is this: in regards to Jordan Travis's situation of winning a Heisman Trophy. Okay, if Florida State wins out and makes the college football playoff, are there enough key wins in there? And has he done enough to separate himself from the rest in order to win that trophy? So let's let's separate that the question. Are there enough key wins there? Yeah. I mean, I mean Duke's going to be a primetime top 20 matchup. If he does really well there, uh, Miami, I'm sure, will be a, a primetime matchup because it always seems to be. And Florida's still going to matter, even mm-hmm. if the, those games aren't if the teams aren't great. And then, plus, let's not forget the ACC championship if we're mm-hmm. fast-forwarding here. We're probably going to go up against Drake May and UNC. So there, there's opportunities there. Um, the other question in terms of has he done enough, that to me is the better question. And I, I don't know yet. Um, I, honestly, I, if I had to do a top three, I don't know that he would be on it. I mean, a, Michael Penix is one, and I don't even know who two and three are. <laughs> um, but, but there's, you know, it, you look at certainly – Look, when he's on, he's fantastic. He mm-hmm. won the game, the, the game against the Gators last year and one of the better quarterback performances I've seen the way he moved around. Um, he hasn't quite been the same this year, maybe a little bit banged up. His completion percentage is better through the midpoint than it was last year, but still not great. And, you know, you look at this team, I think I'm inclined to say Keon Coleman's been the best player, not Travis, so that type of thing can hurt him too. But, you know, we've still got half the season left, and I think there's going to be opportunities, and if he plays the way he did against Florida. If he does that against Duke and Miami and the Gators and then UNC, Louisville, whoever it is, he'll be in the conversation. Matt, I'm curious. You know, you, you talked about Florida State as a legitimate national title contender, obviously a college football playoff contender. If they don't reach those goals, what do you think it is that went wrong? Would it have been maybe a little inconsistency from Jordan Travis that, that ends up biting him? Or where do you think – where do you see areas where they could possibly trip up? Yeah, the, the, the biggest weakness is, is completion percentage. You know, uh, if you look at the top teams in the country, though, uh, you know, Georgia and Washington and those guys, most of them are pretty high with their quarterback completion percentage. Even Ohio State and I think Penn State are, are lower on that list, but they're at least a full completion percentage or at least a full percentage point better than what Jordan Travis has been. So, and it's not all on Travis. It's the line and the you know, drop passes, and it, it's not all on him. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at the stat, that's the one that jumps out that could be an Achilles heel. If there's a play to be made, can Travis make the throw and the receivers make the catch to, to make it happen? And we, we saw you know, when they struggled against Clemson, they had one-on-one coverage, and they couldn't get it done. And so if I'm a Florida State fan, that's the, the stat that concerns me. I think the defense is good enough. I think there's enough playmakers maybe pass protection can be an issue at times but it's just can they make kind of the simple plays to to win a game uh, consistently at a high level and that's just the that's potentially the achilles heel matt quickly here got about a minute left uh, i know you're a northwestern graduate i gotta sneak this one in because nebraska has northwestern this weekend are you shocked that the wildcats are as functional as they are knowing everything surrounding the program entering the year 
You know what? I, I, I am. Um, I expected them to be just absolutely terrible. Um, you know, the way you, you lose fits and everything that went down with that, it, it'd be very easy for the program to crumble. And, you know, let's not pretend like they've been great because they haven't. I mean, yeah, they crushed UTEP and, and, uh, uh, and, and found a way to beat Howard the other day, but this is still not a great team, mm-hmm. but my expectations for them were not to be great. It was for them to be bad. The fact that they're a notch or two above bad, that's something, you know. <laughs> that, that, that's something for, for this uh, completely lost season. Matt, we appreciate the time, and uh, maybe we'll talk to you down the road as Florida State continues their season. Uh, we definitely appreciate your insight. Thanks, Matt. You got it. You got it. That's Matt Baker from the Tampa Bay Times giving us a little look into one of the best college football games this week, Florida State and Duke. Obviously, the marquee just a ton matchup. Of good ones. Penn just State, Ohio State. Great weekend for like college football. Like last week, it was just Oregon-Washington. This weekend, it's like, whoa, we've got a buffet. We'll dive into that tomorrow as we get you ready for the weekend. We'll be back tomorrow for Sports Radio.